Give us McNeil! That was McNeil. No, McNeil, the single female lawyer. She wears miniskirts and is promiscuous. Really? Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about season one, episode 12, When Aliens Attack. Well, we'll just get into it just like the episode does with a cold open set in 1999. Fry is delivering a pizza to WNYW, the local Fox affiliate. Mm -hmm. Well, there is a monumental event happening uh, because it is the season finale of Single Female Lawyer. Uh, in fact, the guy who ordered the pizza asks Fry if he wants to watch the season finale. Fry says that he prefers shows of the genre World's Blankiest Blank. Well, the, the person that ordered the pizza does say that she's wearing the world's shortiest skirt. And Fry is in. Well, wouldn't you be, Ben? Maybe. That seems like a shortiest skirt. If it's shortiest, it's got to be the shortest. Well, if it's the shortiest. Mm -hmm. while, they're, <laughs> while they're watching... Wait, no, let's back up. Let's talk about what's going on in the show. Let's do. Uh, so it is a very much Ally McBeal reference. Um, Ally McBeal was, of course, a very big TV show on Fox at the time. Uh, did you ever watch Ally McBeal? No, I did not. I actually did. I watched a couple of seasons of it. My dad was really into it, Okay, um, of all things. Maybe was, because she had the world's shortiest skirt. Well, I, I, can, I don't know. You know I, I can understand that. Did you did you like it? Did uh, Obviously, your dad did, but did, did you? It had its moments, actually. Um, overall, I don't know. It wasn't quite my thing, but it did have a couple of really good moments. Um, I think the writing was surprisingly decent for what the show was. Wasn't it that show that had that dancing baby? It did have the dancing baby. Gotcha. Um, it, That's the only thing I know about Ally McBeal. So yeah, it's very much a, an Ally McBeal reference. Jenny McNeil. Uh, McNeil. McNeil. Yes. I almost said Ally McBeal. This is going to get real confusing oh, real get, fast. Well, let's just not talk about Ally McBeal ever again. Done and done. Excellent. Jenny McNeil is in a unisex bathroom talking to a judge. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're talking about uh, sleeping together or something and the or corruption something. in the trial. And there's a stenographer in one of the stalls. Um, which Who is didn't catch that last bit. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, Fry yawns and he accidentally knocks a beer onto the control console and knocks Fox off the air. To which he, the, the person that is running the broadcast says, you've knocked Fox off the air. And Fry responds... Like anyone on Earth cares. Foreshadowing. Yeah, that is that is foreshadowing, though. Well, I mean, it's not that much of foreshadowing because we immediately jump to Omicron Persei 8, a planet 1,000 light years away from Earth. This is our first introduction to Lur and Nadinda. Mm -hmm, that's true. The Omicronians. The Omicronians, where they are watching this very episode. This very one. 1,000 years later as the signals from earth get to omicron per ci8 yeah and right at that moment when the uh, stenographer says uh i didn't catch that last part it gets knocked off the air 
and the Omicronians get real mad. Real mad. Especially because at, because of the techno, technical difficulties, Fox has decided to put, I believe, eight hours of animated... Yeah, something like that. Animated shows back to back. Lur gets so upset that he uh, vaporizes his TV, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, we... That seems to be a thing that he does often. It's kind of his jam. Mm-hmm. And we cut to the credits. Uh, post-credits scene, Bender and Fry are sitting around on the couch like they are wont mm-hmm. to do. True. And Hermes comes up and says... What are you doing? No, I don't actually know the actual tone, but it, he asks what was they're it, was doing. Was that your Jamaican accent? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing over there? Uh, no, he basically uh, asks what they're doing, and they say it's Labor Day, to which uh, Hermes responds. He's like, that fat cat, or that baloney holiday the union fat cat gangster shoved down our throats. Mm-hmm. Hermes is pretty happy about that. He and just- strips off his dress shirt immediately, uh, leading to his tank top underneath and cracks a beer and sits down. The rest of the gang, though, is going to head to the beach for one last summer romp like you do on Labor Day weekend. As you do. Which Fry kind of objects to because, uh, in his words, TV has higher resolution than real life. Sure, because it's the HD TV. Mm-hmm. But, but Hermes is on board and he takes off his pants, revealing a Speedo. He is just, he's ready to go with he that He was speedo. ready to go to that, that beach. Leela manages to convince Fry to go, and uh, they all head to the beach, uh, Monument Beach, in fact. Yeah. Um, in the 2600s, uh, New Yorkers electri- elected a supervillain governor, and he stole all most of the monuments on Earth. So they've got the Leaning Tower of Pisa, they've got Mount Rushmore, the White House, the White House um, pro- some others that I'm sure some I've already Some other monuments forgotten. that we've forgotten. <laughs> he's also put himself on mount rushmore it's like a, a really great like mad scientist sort of look true it makes me wonder uh, uh how he got elected what was his platform i actually that's a good question i was gonna say i don't want to know but now i actually yeah, really see, do want I know, to know yeah it's one of those things where you're like yeah you're right i do want to know this thing then we follow everybody's sort of adventures as they're having their day off at the beach. Yeah, Leela puts on sunscreen and Zoidberg, my favorite character before Ben says anything, uh, he puts on butter and it seems to enjoy that experience as he is a space lobster. My favorite bit is that Bender and Hermes are playing hide and seek by burying themselves in the sand, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a whole lot of sense for Bender. Um, Negative then, sense for Hermes. Yeah, so... Uh, Bender's like, okay, your turn, and Hermes goes and runs off to go hide himself, literally burying himself in the sand, mm-hmm. uh, handing Bender the metal detector like somehow Hermes is going to be found with a metal detector. I mean, he might have fillings or, you know. But regardless, Bender tosses it and says, you know, good luck, and then he sits down to, to chill. Um, and have a beverage. Zoidberg also decides to go for a scuttle. Well, before he goes for a scuttle, he he plays volleyball with the professor. That's right. My bad. Uh, He plays volleyball with the professor, and the professor gives him a nice little pass, and Zoidberg pops it with one of his claws. And dumps it onto a whole pile of just destroyed volleyballs. A lot of popped volleyballs. And and when the professor kind of confronts him, like, I gave you a perfect pass, he, he goes off for a scuttle, and he scuttles away into the ocean, which is... Terrific. I particularly liked the animation on that. Mm-hmm. Like they they put a strange amount of effort into Zoidberg's scuttle animation. You say s- strange? I say 
almost not enough, but very a lot, but not not nearly enough for how important Zoidberg is to the narrative. How much effort is enough effort? One trillion dollars worth of effort. One trillion, one trillion dollars. I understand that if I ran Futurama, Fox would have canceled it much earlier than it actually did um, because of the financial aspects, but still it would have been worth it. I'd like to see the the meeting where you come in and, and say, I want to spend $1 trillion on this five-second scene in which Zoidberg scuttles down into the ocean. I will say that um, about halfway through that sentence you just said, or if I were delivering it, it would smash cut to me being outside and have a giant sign that says, I was fired. I'd watch that. Actually, I would too. Amy is sunbathing and um, eating a, a cheeseburger, mm-hmm. and that uh, Bender has has fried up in his compartment. Nibbler uh, goes for it after she drops it on her chest and runs off with her uh, bikini top. And she says uh, to the professor that she needs a new one. And he pulls out a can of spray mm-hmm. and she sprays a new bikini top on. Yep. Uh, which is not the last time that we see this all-purpose no, spray. Either. It is a so continual gag in the in the future they just have a spray where you can just spray on clothes i think that's pretty awesome it's convenient for sure but it's one of those great things that futurama just doesn't take the time to explain they don't they don't make any reference to it like it is a total normal thing that the professor does they don't explain where this came from they don't explain why it exists how it works or how it works who created it they just pull out a can of spray and just spray on a bikini top makes total sense well you can't have amy like trying to run around topless for the entire episode or if that's something and it's a funny gag it's a very funny gag i like a very funny gag a beach bully comes up and knocks over the sandcastle that fry is working on it turns out he's a professional bully the whole mo is that he acts like a bully. Fry punches him. Leela swoons, and he gives the beach bully a fifty. Slips him. A 50. Slips him a fifty. You got to be covert about you it. Got to be, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he's down on the ground, and you're trying to, get, you know, mm-hmm. you're macking on your lady, and just like mm-hmm. you don't want to be like, hold on one second. Let, let me pay to the guy that you just punched in the face to defend her honor. True. You just whip out a fifty and be like, here you go, my man. Like, sure, you got to be covert about it. I get that. Here you go, my man. So, so yes, uh, this doesn't go the way the beach bully kind of expects because Fry is not super interested in, you know, having to, A, having to pay and B, you know, is, doesn't seem, seems more interested in the sandcastle than Leela. He does exclaim that uh, he wouldn't even pay 50 bucks if she was his girlfriend. So that, that's, that's important too. He's kind of a broke and doesn't want to pay 50 bucks for something that doesn't mm-hmm. help him. But uh, Belila is interested in him because he's so muscly. He's a very muscly guy. Very muscly. Um, and then Leela tries to proposition him, and he reveals that he's gay and leaves. Um, sad trombone for <laughs> Leela. Uh, that wasn't a request for a sad trombone, but I appreciate you uh, providing that nonetheless. Uh, it is a family trait. Tr- sad trombones is a family trait? Uh, the making of sad trombones with our mouths. Um. <laughs> Okay. We're very good at it in my family is what I'm saying. The ability. Skill. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to move on. Um, down at the bottom of the ocean, Zoidberg has been caught in a uh, like a crab trap. Yeah, sure. B- 
bender uh, walks by and uh, breaks him out. And a bunch of alarms go off and Bender says, cheese it, it. which I noted because last time we (laughs) noted, we were like, does Bender actually ever say cheese it again? Very next episode, he does. I I think they were like, well, we have to make it seem like he would say this more often. Let's throw it in the next episode. Is this the I'm already in my pajamas of Bender season one? No, I I don't think it's, well, I'm I'm already in my pajamas was definitely not something that ended up taking off and wasn't even probably good to begin with. But for Bender, it makes sense for him to have some something he says when he's trying to run away because he's always running away because he's because he's jerk. always doing jerk things and stealing things. Exactly. Sure. So cheese it makes more sense than I'm already in my pajamas. I suppose. I just well, it, it also, definitely doesn't catch on either way, though. It catches on a little bit more than I'm already in my pajamas, except for apparently in this podcast it has caught on somehow oh well we're gonna change the name of the podcast to cheese it a futurama podcast uh with bender on the album art and Mm -hmm. it's gonna be all about bender all about bender mike's gonna quit the podcast and Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna tell you all how much i love bender all day every day uh subscribe to it on itunes um at cheese it podcast Actually, I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't know. We either. should probably check that before we just <laughs> tell people <laughs> to go like tweet at Cheese It podcast. Or you could just do that and see what happens. It's Twitter. Who cares? The best thing is that I'm going to get so many listeners who are looking for a podcast about the food Cheese Its. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, finally a, a podcast about these cheesy cracker bites that I love so, so much. <laughs> And it's going to be me talking about futuristic cartoon <laughs> robots, and it's going to be the letdown of 2017. Uh, y- you may or may not be right. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Cheez-Its and you would like to sponsor this episode, or, or any episode in the future, at Back to Futurama. Uh, we cut back to the beach. Fry wants to get a picture of his sandcastle which before is, the, the tide comes which in. Which is really it's well a done. Very, it's a very, very good well one. done mm-hmm. sandcastle. And everybody kind of groups up to take a picture, um, including Bender, even though he is the camera. Like his eye pops mm-hmm. out to be a camera. His his uh, his eye zooms in and he takes off his his hat. I almost said he takes off his head and puts it in the sand and his body runs over and kind of gives the the rabbit ears to Fry. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, at about that time, aliens attack. What? As foretold by the name of the episode. As foretold. They all, in a in a very, again, it's, it's another obvious reference back mm-hmm. to um, Independence Day. Yes. Where all these big saucer-shaped uh, sh- uh, alien ships hover over all these monuments that are conveniently placed on this one beach and just blow them all up. And uh, including a tiny little yeah, one, little that, tiny one that flies over and just blows up Fry's sandcastle. Um, he seems the most sad about that one. I mean, he put so much work into it. That's true, but the White House was there. Yeah, you know what I just realized? Mm-hmm. Um, we see the White House later in this episode. Look, you can you can rebuild a White House. Oh, I guess that makes sense. All right, thank you. I'm good. Fun historical fact. I mean, it's the, been wi- the current years, White House is not the original White House. It's true, but I'm I'm just. I didn't think about the amount of time between the supervillain governor in the 2600s and the current day, which is 3000. So that's, that's on me listeners. You can tweet at, at back to Futurama and tell me I'm an idiot. A demo. Can I tweet at back to Futurama and tell you you're a demo? Are you on Twitter? Uh Uh-huh. Then yes, you may. 
Sweet. How many tweets are you going to tweet at Back to Futurama? Oh, all I'm the Dumbo. tweets. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up and there's 15 tweets at Back to Futurama. Mike is a Tadamo. After all this devastation of these monuments, a transmission comes in from Lur, who finally uh, formally introduces himself. Um, he is Lur, ruler of the planet Omicron Percy I-8. He demands McNeil. So this happens in the middle of an address from current Earth President McNeil. Um, and is he is cut off. Oh right, I forgot. Right. He is he is uh, in the middle of talking about the devastation. He he is at, he is advocating to be subservient, basically just allow this to happen and enjoy our new alien overlords. When Lur comes on the screen saying he wants McNeil, the current president McNeil seems to change his tone a little bit, like immediately. It's interesting that, that, he, that happens. he can never, Earth can never bow to the demands of these alien oppressors. It's an interesting uh, turnabout from him. I wonder what what ha- what happened. Hmm. No idea. So now, guess who is introduced? Zap Branigan. It's true. And Bender, your favorite character, does a really crappy thing and reminds Leela that she slept with him. Yeah, we're still in that phase where every time Zap Branigan shows up, uh, usually Bender. I think it's always Bender. Yeah, it's. I think it's always Bender. Points out that your favorite character. Uh huh. That look. I'm not going to defend everything <laughs> Bender does just because he's my favorite character. It's a jerk move. H- how much of Bender are you going to defend? Eighty-seven point four percent of Bender's. Um, That's a ac- large actions. That is a large percentage. So yes, he he, uh, and I think partially it's just a way to have people rem- remember who he is. Although it's it's still really crappy to have him do that every time. Every time. Every time. He announces that in order to fight the aliens, he is drafting every available ship into an attack force. Which includes the Planet Express ship. Because it is a ship. Because it's a ship. I said every ship. It's true. He also, to aid in this resistance, activates the patriotism unit inside every robot. But before this, Bender had been trying to say that he's a conscientious objector, um, also known as a coward. Um, and then his patriot patriotism circuit gets activated and he volunteers. Vol- volunteers. You can't see my air quotes because this is an audio format. You, you know, you could hear them though. Well, no, I mean, when you said volunteers, you have a very tone, a good tone. They all get drafted and uh, Zap gives his, his speech about how everybody needs to come together to fight these alien attackers literally the only thing about this scene is that uh zap is gross towards leela he does also give a i mean i'm not disputing that point he does also give a speech about how everybody's different colors including like bender who is silver um and he also says to uh destroy all aliens and then kiff uh says uh what about me and uh zap says except uh, him don't destroy kiff unless you have to <laughs> it, it's uh it's very funny and I, I, it's actually interesting to me that zap again is like you know silver brown tan whatever it doesn't really matter who you are but we're all together in this fight that i that i think it's very interesting yeah yeah i mean i suppose but he also does at the same time reveal that his attack plan strategy is to basically just sh- uh send uh buttload of ships um into directly into the aliens laser cannons 
so that they get clogged with wreckage and can no longer fire. This is similar to his previous plan about the kill bots. I mean, he's got he's got his mo. Mm-hmm. Just wave after wave of his own men. There is an allusion to Star Wars when he's giving this plan uh, because ev- the way that everybody is standing definitely looks like the the plans to the Death Star. It's very A New Hope esque. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a quote from that uh, briefing. I'll call it that. If we can hit that bullseye, the rest of the dominoes will fall like a house of cards. Checkmate. He he's not quite sure how to properly do an analogy. He, I think he just wants to put everything that could be considered an analogy all together into a blender, and then just go from there. It's a, it's an interesting move, and I'm glad he did it. They launch the attack plan, and we get a uh, an- another really well animated scene. Actually, mm-hmm, just a, a lot of attack ships going and getting shot out of the sky, and um sky space whatever space i would also say that it's very good 3d usage yeah absolutely because you can still understand where everything is but in but they definitely use the 3d enough to make you feel like oh this is interesting this is in 3d but i don't i know where everything is the ship gets hit a little bit and uh, leela asks for a damage report and bender says the auxiliary powers out and they spilled my cocktail to which fry is very incensed and goes in goes in this one's for bender's cocktail like avenging somebody else's cocktail mm-hmm. is uh my new life's goal set the set the bar low uh-huh and then you can't be disappointed that's not a good moral but it's my moral and i'm sticking to it maybe we should go to more bars it'll make it easier to avenge cocktails mm-hmm. that's true they managed to blow up the ship and Everybody is celebrating, but then the actual mothership starts lighting up and flips over, and Zap is very confused. He's like, well, wh- what? what is that? Well, appears to be the mothership. Then what did we just blow up? The Hubble telescope. <laughs> I, I really enjoy how the Hubble telescope took out some people. Oh yeah, the and Hubble like, telescope had good te- defenses. The Hubble telescope is ready for a fight. You do not want to take yeah, that. You do thing not want to get. You do not want to do that. It is not a good good call whatsoever. So th- once more, they get back into it and start trying to fight the real mothership. Mm-hmm. But Leela thinks that this is a kind of fool's errand, and he she backs the Planet Express ship back to Earth. Literally, like backs it up, like with the beeps. It's it's very it's a very good visual gag because. Because it's just very enjoyable. Meanwhile, the professor is already working on replacing the crew, presuming them all dead. There is another... um, Robot. Another robot, another uh, kind of uh, doofy-looking guy, and uh, another female captain. Like, very close, Mm -hmm. close representations of the original crew. And then they walk in and he says, oh, uh, never mind. Uh, Position's not open yet but to check back in three days to a week at the most. He's, he uh, has had issues with previous crews, so it's not it, it's not all that surprising that he's trying to oh, get he kn- new people. He knows a thing or two about crew death. Like, he's he's no stranger to that. It's not his first rodeo. Well, also, he delivers where a lot of... Planet Express delivers packages where a lot of other package delivery companies do not go. Earth President McNeil is giving another speech about how they can't... Uh, in his words, kowtow down to the uh, demands of these things and that he appreciates Earth 
standing behind his uh, standing behind his uh, resilience and something basically not about he appreciates that Earth is willing to basically die and total and get totally annihilated to protect him and him alone. Sure, yeah. At which point Zap comes up and behind him and puts him in a bag and carries him off to the Omicronians. So when he is delivered to the Omicronians, uh, he's not exactly who they want. They want McNeil, even though this is McNeil, but they mean the the uh, the McNeil from Single Female Lawyer, and they vaporize the president. Just vaporize him. They like, are... without thinking, really. Mm-hmm. As he was groveling in everything. They then point out that they are actually looking for a... Uh, uh, McNeil, that is a single female lawyer. They want a single female lawyer who wears miniskirts and is promiscuous. They then say that they will raise the, the temperature of the earth one million degrees a day for five days unless they see single female lawyer at 9, 9 p.m. 8 central. True. I, I really appreciate the threat of raising it a million degrees a day per day for five days. Right. That first day is pretty much going to do it. Yeah, I think so. But I appreciate that, that, that they're very precise in their language, and also they want to make sure everything's good. Fry, of course, recognizes the picture of uh, the McNeil that they are looking for, mm-hmm. and uh, he tells the rest of the crew exactly what's up, that it was this TV show back in 1999. Um, and uh, Amy, of course, looks it up on the internet and verifies it, and... Uh, she finds out that the season premiere never aired because some zidiot spilled coke on the transmitter. Beer. Yeah, fries like a beer, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I imagine. Yeah. Also, I think we haven't actually talked about this at all, but Amy does her thing where she always replaces letters and like common things like uh, zidiot instead mm-hmm. of idiot yeah. or... Um, has she done that up to this point? I don't think or is this so. like kind this of a growing first, thing? I think this is the first time that that happens. Because, and, I, and I appreciate it. Yeah, she does that throughout. And I, I can't think of any other examples uh, at, at at this moment. But like she uses guh, but like she puts like gla or something. Like spla. Spla. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And she does it and it gives her something else in her personality, which is really appreciative, which I really appreciate. Um, so yes, uh, the the series uh, finale has no, there are no copies of it because um, most videotapes were d- damaged in twenty four forty three during the second coming of Jesus, <laughs> which I just love because it's just like, yeah, they they went there, it's, they did, mm-hmm. they went they went there. Um, Rai decides that uh, he's seen enough TV where he can, and he saw the first part of the episode, so he should be able to piece together the second part just fine and they can just act it out should be fine right should be um zoidberg uh, volunteers to make the costumes uh professor has uh, has a broadcast antenna what but of course he does and uh bender will be an acting coach let's put on a show leela is going to be the star of single family lawyer according to fry mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't really want to though uh but once amy makes a, a mean remark she takes the script the meat the mean remark was about not having the thighs right. for a miniskirt. And of course, because um, I'm 12, I love the joke where uh, they're getting ready to uh, to film. And uh, Fry says, camera one, and bet one of Bender's eyes kind of pops out. Camera two, Bender's other eye pops mm-hmm. out. And then camera three, and it cuts to Bender, and you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. But and, you and hear Bender a, is shown from like the 
like compartment uh-huh. up. and you hear because like that third camera is coming from somewhere and it makes me giggle every time every time yeah um, it is it is uh such a, a ridiculous uh immature joke that i love it's it's fantastic. every single time uh, futron was very good at like mixing the really smart jokes and the really mm-hmm. dumb jokes um uh, i do appreciate in in makeup amy giving leela a, a second eye which is basically just a googly eye it's a really big googly eye it's hilarious to me um so so during the show uh zoidberg is playing prosecutor ramirez which mm-hmm. I he he does a pretty good job of acting like a, a prosecutor, uh, including the part where he accidentally stabs Leela in the fake eye and then eats it. Okay, now they they didn't have a lot of time in the blocking. Granted, he that doesn't stop him. You know, he could have not eaten it, but you know, mm-hmm. at that point, you know, all is lost. They kind of go through the this um, motion of like this really just bad dialogue um basically just saying that she's having affairs with everyone hot naked affairs with everyone i apologize for not being clearer you you have to specify yeah i don't want i don't want a cold clothed affair that's just that i don't i'd rather not have that so they kind of run out of dialogue uh wh- because we find out that fry figured that since it took him an hour to write it would take an hour mm-hmm. to read he only was able to write two pages of dialogue mm-hmm. which uh for anybody who's not in any sort of creative field let me tell you that's totally not how it works it, it is not we spend a lot of time on this podcast for uh, yeah 45 minute <laughs> podcast we we write down a lot of things it we- does not take 45 minutes uh to do <laughs> That's not a complaint, by the way. No, I, no. I love doing this show, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy people are listening to it. But it is... Uh, I don't think people who don't do any sort of creative stuff like this aren't very aware of that. Sure. Well, I mean, there are... Well, first off, yes, I love every minute of... I get to watch Futurum and then talk about it into a microphone. It's fantastic. And people listen to I, you talk about it? That I, I, And we, th- we I thank you, each and every one of you for listening to this. Um, I'm going to call it drivel because we're dumb. Um but yeah, it other than maybe doing improv on, you know, a podcast, this is you do a lot of work to have anything worth listening to. So Fry tells Leela to just wing it and come up with something um compelling and And that leads to uh Leela as Jenny uh proposing to the professor who is the judge. And also that she's giving up the law and her singleness. Fry kind of flips out and goes to commercial. Um, it's unexpected and clever, which is what te- which w- people do not want while watching TV. Right, because clever things make people feel stupid, and unexpected things make them feel scared. Mm-hmm. And immediately, Lur cuts in and says, "That was unexpected. I'm scared." Fry quickly um, writes up some cue cards. the uh, The rest of the script on this cue cards is that the judge uh, is dying, and then suddenly dies, and uh, falls over dead Uh, my favorite part is that the professor doesn't understand how blocking works and says uh slowly dies falls over dead and then the uh character the mcneil character played by leela says uh that she with her fiance dead she's returning to the law uh no matter what any man says and uh hermes who is playing a juror uh says we find the defendant vulnerable yet spunky Because that's the quality of dialogue on this episode of Single Female Lawyer. The show ends and uh, Lur says uh, that they are reasonably satisfied and rates it a C plus. 
okay, not great. And as somebody who uh, <laughs> <laughs> rates episodes uh, as part of a podcast, let me tell you, Lur, you got to be real careful because, man, <laughs> we, we, caught, we caught a little bit of shade on Twitter it's, for giving um, A Flight to Remember such low grades. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, that was a good moment because I was like, oh, oh, now I get it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um so but it does satisfy them enough to stop their attack and save the earth from millions and millions of degrees. Um so they fly off back to Omicron Percy I8. They do point out though that since it was only a C plus, uh they're not going to destroy humanity, but they're also not gonna give them the secret to immortality. Well, you know, these Fry Fry blames it on Zoidberg's overacting. Well, I I agree based on the eating of the googly eye. Well, I disagree based on the fact that uh, dialogue included just hot naked affairs and we find the defendant vulnerable yet spunky, so... Yes, but it's not... Well, yes. And as the Omicronians fly back to their home planet, uh, we see the crowd celebrating as everybody's coming out from their uh, their houses mm-hmm. and uh, we see a, a white person and a black person hug and um a, a like rabbi and a um muslim hug mm-hmm. and then a clown and a nun hug <laughs> because i guess clown and clowns and nuns are just enemies complete and, opposites mm-hmm, just complete opposites mm-hmm. um the original uh odd couple right there and then uh Fry says that um, because he's watched so much TV, he knows that the secret of good TV is that at the end of the episode, everything always returns back to normal. And as that happens, it pans out and shows basically a devastated new New York, all rubble and fire and flames. And Now, that's a joke that I really like because we've already called out on like, I think, three episodes at this point, how many episodes so far in the series have done a whole bunch of things that in the end didn't matter nothing changed uh the events could as well have not as happened Mm -hmm. and then here we are where he's like everything always returns back to normal and new new york is devastated yeah and and just throwing the lampshade on the ha look at that what we did it's um, it's some good meta humor, and it's I, very I really good. appreciate that. I do appreciate it. I also appreciate the fact that I'm pretty sure everything just goes right back to normal for the next episode. Oh, it absolutely does. But in that in that one episode, um, yeah, everything is just destroyed and awful and devastated. But yes, it was very very good. Um, and then it it fades out and goes to credits. Um, yep. which means that it is time for great. So overall, uh, I actually really, really love this episode. There is a lot of great things to love about it. First of all, I think this is maybe the first episode where we get sort of that, um, I guess I'll call it sort of an ensemble cast. Uh, it's not technically the correct word, uh, use of that term, but it's not a story just about Fry or just about Leela. We get a lot of the other Planet Ex- Express uh, employees for the first time. We start seeing... Amy having a little bit more and Hermes having a little bit more and Zoidberg having a little bit more. Uh, like like we said, you know, Amy calls somebody as idiot. Like she's starting to come into her own. Um, Hermes is starting to do kind of his own stuff where he just takes off the speed, uh, takes off his clothes and he's got a speedo and uh, plays hide and seek. Which one thing I forgot to mention 
is uh, my favorite. One of my favorite jokes too is that when the aliens attack, Hermes pops his head out of the sand because he's been hiding in the sand <laughs> the whole time. Um, so stuff like that, really mm-hmm. good jokes. Um, a couple of dated references, the the Ally McBeal references and the Independence Day references are a little um, a little dated, but it's not the crux of the episode. Uh, well, the references themselves aren't the crux of True. the episode. Single female lawyer, definitely the crux of the episode, but it's not a, an, it's not unlike a flight to remember, uh, which yes, I did give a D. I know. Unlike that episode, it's not the, it's not an episode that exists to be like, hey, hey, you remember Ally McBeal? You remember? You remember Ally McBeal? Because I feel like that's what a flight to remember was. So even though it's got a couple of those references, uh, I don't really feel like it's that dated. Um, maybe if you are, you know, a, a younger person than us who maybe wasn't around at the time may not catch those references, but overall a lot of good jokes, a lot of good characters. Um, we get Lur, who's a recurring character. I mean, it's just a good, it's a good solid episode and I'm going to give it an A. You know, I agree with you. Um, even though it has the references to things that were in 2000, they don't feel as dated as the Titanic, excuse me, the epic film by James Cameron Titanic. The 1997 hit James Cameron film Titanic. Thank you. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It doesn't feel as dated because it's not the, it's not a full parody of the entire idea. There's a whole lot of new things going on here. Um, it does circle around the single female lawyer parody, but it, but it feels fresh because they have to basically build an, a an episode of a sitcom by at, by scratch and and it's it's funny and it does it it includes a lot of uh, characters that we don't get to see a whole lot which which incidentally did happen in in the one the titanic one i don't remember no you're right it does actually i suppose that's true um so so it's 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 it, it to me it's basically what that episode should have been but was not it's it's funny it's strong on its own merits you could throw in any television show you you would you could change that you could even put in a planet of the apes reference instead of on monument beach um but you know you would still be the same episode you can't take the titanic out of that other episode and have it make sense in any way um so i think this is much stronger it's it's on its own two legs it doesn't or four legs or however you want how many legs do you think an episode of Futurama has. I'm going to go with four because of uh, Nippler. Uh, never mind. I don't know. I've lost the plot a little bit, but I'm just saying it, it stands on its own legs. It It's funny. It has a lot of funny things going on. It lets you uh, understand the world a little bit more and there's a real threat. So the plot it has stakes. I, I agree with you. If, if it's not an A plus, it's an A. All right. Sounds good. Sounds like we're overall in agreement on this oh, yeah. one. I think it's a very good episode and I, I love watching it. All right. And with that, uh, that's going to do it for us here on Back to the Futurama. Uh, if you would like to get in contact with us, you can always email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at Back to Futurama. And as always, please do rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, that always helps us out. Yes. Thank you so much. And until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.